Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having an awesome day, because I know I am, because today is a day that the Lord hath made. And we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it, and God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. You know, I have to say that today is, is a very successful day, as we have had two full days of classes. And it's interesting because our classes, we get to learn all about certain things, about different subjects and about different events going on in the world. And I find this also to be interesting how no matter what happens, we're always learning something new. But the cool thing is, um, not I don't know if it's very cool or not, but in our in our life and in our time, there's a word that comes to mind when things come awry, when things come and things are don't work out as like you wanted it. It's called troubled, troubled times or feeling down, and that's why when. Uh, when I think of the word troubled, I think of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1. And yes, that is talking about the uh, birth of Samuel. And there's much more bigger connotation to it. And I don't know about you, but that is, that's the word that comes to mind. And with this in mind, we're going to read 1 Samuel. And we're going to see how that correlates in our everyday life. How we go out and about and we interact with other people. But before that, we're gonna start with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here, just glorifying your name. We can, we can come here just to be proud of what you have done in our life, be blessed, and are just obedient unto your word. Lord, I just pray that you can just watch over our hearts. And I just pray that no matter what happens, Lord, that we can just be obedient unto your word. No matter what happens, Lord, that we can show your love and we can just show that peacefulness. And and Lord, we're so blessed that you have protected us over the years and you have protected us over troubled times and, and that you will still protect us no matter what because we are your children. So may you guide us and protect us. In your Father's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the birth of Samuel reads, I'm going to start in verse 3 because verses 1 through 2 just talks about the lineage of Samuel and just talks about uh, how Samuel's parents and what their names were. But in verses 3, we start off saying, Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Sheol, where Humphrey and Phineas and two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came to Achana to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penhana, and to her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her revival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, 
her revival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband, Akana, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't. I mean, more to you. Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on her chair, on his chair, by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, <clears throat> then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will be used on his head. And she, as she kept <clears throat> on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, her, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put, your, put away your wine. <clears throat> not, so, uh, not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I am pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And she said, your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on, She went away and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they, uh, they arose and worshipped the Lord, or before and the Lord, and then went back to their home in Ramah. Akana made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. Verse 21, When, he, when her husband, Echana, went up with his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best for you, her husband, Akana told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until he had weaned him, until she had weaned him. Verse 24. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, with a three-year-old bull, an effin, a flower, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord of Shell. And when the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli. And she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, 
As surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord was granted me what I asked of him. And so now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Amen. And amen. So now you're wondering, what was the point of that? Excuse me. What was the point of reading the birth of Samuel? And what was the point of the offering and the sacrifice? And I mean, how does that correlate to our life? Well, it correlates because there's one verse that stands out out of First Samuel, then First um, Samuel chapter one, than any other verses, and that is Samuel one, verses one or Samuel chapter one, verse fifteen. No, my lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink. I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. I can imagine what Hannah was thinking. I can imagine how when you are in that kind of prayer, when you are ministering to other people, when you are sharing the gospel, and you are wanting others to know who God is, and next thing you know, people think that you are drunk, or people think that, how can you, how can you reach those people? Or why are you reaching out to those individuals? What is the purpose? How are you going to impact their lives? That is a big question. And I mean, that is a troubled heart when we have those kind of instances. And my heart goes out to Hannah every time I read her story. She was barren by God's chosen. Her revival or her rival, uh, Penaha, a mother of many, picked on her mercilessly. Her husband wondered why his love couldn't fill the childless void. And then during the family pilgrimage to Shell, she no long, she more than closed out a prayer and Eli accused her of being drunk and Hannah certainly knew trouble. So it was interesting because Hannah, wanted, she wanted a child and she was willing to do anything to have a child. But how would you feel, now, I'm not a parent, or I'm not a parent, I've never had kids, but how would you do in this situation when your spouse, when you pray into the Lord and you're in the closet and you're weeping and you're just like, not speaking in tongues, but you're speaking, but no words come out. How would you feel if your husband, or your, or actually your husband, husbands can't get pregnant, but um, how would you feel? To me, I would feel devastated. But at the same time, I don't know what it's like to have bearing a child. I don't know what it's like to be in that situation. But all I can tell you is I've met people that couldn't have kids. <clears throat> and it, the, the calling out the kids is a big issue in this day and age, to not have kids. And it's interesting when we look at a typical American dream. The American dream is to probably get married right away, wait three or five years after being married, and then to have kids. 
But then you realize that you can't have kids. And I'm sure that you wondered and you pray to God, God, why can't I have kids? What is wrong with me? You know, why can't I become barren? Or Lord, what, why did you make me this way? So we get discouraged. We get angry at ourselves. And potentially we could walk away from God. We could walk away and say, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with you. Because my prayer was not answered. And that is a troubled individual. And rightly so. But it's interesting how we see God's provision and we see God's favor in due time. She was then pregnant in due time and at the weirdest times of life. And I've read that across many people. I've talked with people saying, you know what? We were not expecting this. And it was like, it was in God's timing. And that's the thing is, in, in during troubled times, nothing, God wants to protect you. You know, sometimes that three to five years, you might not get pregnant or you might not have a family because you're going through the situation. And God is refining your marriage and God is refining you and as an individual in your walk with, and with him. Maybe he wants you and your husband to get closer. And that's why he's preventing you from not having kids. And in God's timing, when he sees that there's a growth and he sees that, okay, you know what? This family is honed in. This family is focused on me. Now let's do this together. I mean, how awesome is that? And you really see God's provision. And during troubled times, you see blessings. God always watches out. And as we continue, and as we read, and yet she also knew the source of the redemption she longed for. And Hannah did know that. In defending her fervent prayer, Hannah admitted to pouring out her very soul to the Lord. She reassured Eli her actions were the result of her and um, provocation. She was broken, but she knew God would hear her. And God would answer the prayer in due time. But when we face, face times of trouble, do we live in the, into the truth of God's consistent care? Or do we turn to other sources for comfort? Do we, pour out all, do we truly pour our hearts out into him who can give us the peace and give us the insurance? Or do we have to think that we rely on something, rely on the world? Rely on meditation. Rely on something that's not on God. Yes, I have had that issue. I have looked into my life when I was during, my tr- during troubled times. I have looked and I've not been obedient unto God. I have looked and I've gone to the world for peace and comfort. I've gone to the world where, oh man, okay, it's only the world that can solve my problems. But realistically, that did not help me in any way. And realistically, I was not better than I was before. Because when we look for worldly solutions, we're going to be destined to fail. When we look for worldly solutions, we're going to be destined to slip up. If we're dealing with an addiction, if we look for worldly solutions to maybe overcome our addiction, we will relapse. It's in the matter of time. When we look in a world for peace 
and away from trouble. Or when we look in a world for battling depression, we think that we can meditate and we think that we can just see a psychiatrist and take pills. But realistically, are you still a better person? And do you still get depressed? That is answer yes. It's through God that gives us, it's through God that overcomes depression. It's God that overcomes from taking medications because we have to get a false sense of hope. It's God that fills in that empty void. The worldly solutions can't fill that void. I like to think of this during troubled times. I like to think as if your cup is empty and you come to the world and the world comes in as, um, as a little, like as a little solution. Now, over time, I've noticed that the water that water does evaporate or it becomes uncarbonated and it becomes flat. I'm sure that when and you don't like flat pop, you don't like flat or you don't like um, iced tea that's uh, tasteless. You don't like that. And that's assured and that's respectful. But with God, when we go to God, it's like he adds our carbonation and that carbonation lasts forever. He adds that flavor iced tea. That flavor lasts forever. How awesome is that? I love that idea when we get to go to God for anything and that he's alongside with us. He wants to protect us. He wants to guide us. And he will send the right people in your life to protect you, to walk alongside with you no matter what, to make sure that you are not alone and also to make sure that you are on the path that he has set before you. And so with this in mind, we're going to end it with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done in Hannah's life. We thank you how you, Hannah, her, cried out and gave her all to you. How Hannah pleaded out and said, Lord, I need you. And so, Lord, I just pray that we do the same unto you. I pray that no matter what happens in our lives, that we cry out and we yearn for you. Lord, I just pray that no matter also what happens, that we're not alone because you love us and you care for us. No matter what happens, oh Lord, we can just be protected by your grace and by your mercy. And no matter what happens, Lord, you just show your love continuously in any way we don't deserve it. And so may you guide us and protect us, O oh Lord, as we continue on the path that you have set before us. So that when you cross that finish on, Lord, we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. I just want to tell you, though, this week it seems to be taking forever. It's only Tuesday, and I thought yesterday was Wednesday. Or not Wednesday, I thought yesterday was Wednesday. And I had to ask myself, was yesterday Monday? Well, the good news is that it's going to be midweek. And so with this in mind, guys, keep up the good work. And if you're working, keep on tugging away. And remember that it is going to be a four-day weekend. And yes, my heart and fam- my heart and prayer goes out to those families that are going to be affected by the Hurricane Ida. Um, and again, if you're listening in that area, please be aware 
of your first responders. And remember, God loves you, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye. Thank you.